Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast here at Kreiser Cardani in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Jackie. I'm Scott. We're here today. Jackie, what's on the docket for us today? Power of attorney. What to do when you need a power of attorney. Oh, yes. Power of attorney. What does that mean? What does it mean? What doesn't it mean? What does it do? Who is it good for? How long does it last? There's so many questions. And what we've noticed that this is a, a highly searched issue. So let's start with what is a power of attorney? What does it do? So I fully capable of making decisions for myself. I'm in my right mind, but I want to give Scott power of attorney. That means my attorney, in fact, not my not my counsel, but my the person who can stand in my shoes for me at the bank, file taxes. So it's not an attorney. So it's doesn't no, it's not an attorney. Power okay. of attorney is not, in fact, an attorney. You happen to be an attorney, but it does not okay. require such things. And what it does is it gives Scott the ability, in my case, it would give him the ability to do things for me. Let's say I was uh, going on a mission trip and I was going out of the country for a bit of time and I needed Scott to take care of uh, maybe the paying, your bills. paying my bills and he needed access to my bank accounts. Well, now he's going to have the power of attorney. It's a form. It's it's very clear. It, it outlines what powers I'm giving him. You don't have to, I don't have to give him all the powers. I can give him a few bank accounts. Maybe I just want to limit him to the, to the bank accounts, but maybe I want to give him power to buy and sell real estate or to file my taxes for me. I can pick and choose the powers that I want to grant to Scott um, in the event that I just can't do it myself. And that's really important, folks. And when you are talking about a power of attorney, you really need to be specific on what you want. A lot of people write real general power of attorneys mm -hmm. for me, like Jackie, I can do all kinds of things that she didn't know I could do. So that's why you really need to get somebody involved to help you walk through it. What is, what is the reason you believe or you believe you need it for your grandmother or your uncle or your aunt? What do you need it for? And what are you trying to do is really important questions that you need to answer. A lot of times we see a power of attorney in an estate planning package. So you maybe do a will, last will and testament, power of attorney, and an advanced medical directive. And you do that power of attorney. It's a durable power of attorney. And it's just in case you're really not able to make decisions for yourself or you are unable to get out of the house. Maybe you become homebound or uh, for, for whatever reason, you can't handle your own affairs. That's fine. That's that's certainly a good purpose for it. But there's even another purpose. You might have a young person in your household going off to college, and you need to be able to handle their financial affairs at their bank without being on the bank account with them. It's still their account. But you could have power of attorney to help them maybe pay, make car payments or deal with their credit union or deal with a bank help them file taxes. But that's that's certainly a popular um, use of a power of attorney is for a parent over a child. It's not necessary. Power of attorney isn't necessary. But what you don't want to have happen is that you need something done. You're not able to do it and no one else can do it for you. Now, what do you do? So operating uh, through a power of attorney does require the original document so Scott would take that document, he'd go to the bank, he'd say, here you go, here's the original. Um, the Most of the times they don't want to see a copy, Maybe sometimes they do and it's not a big deal, but you take the original and then it, the form allows him to 
take care of things for me. But there are some restrictions and some extra responsibilities that come with a power of attorney. Yeah. And that would be, it's called a fiduciary responsibility. So it's not just, oh, hey, he took me money and he bought a boat <laughs> instead of for, for himself, not for me. Oh, at, I was going to take her out of it. At my ask, um, is that bad? Can he get in trouble? It's not just bad. It's a crime. Yeah. He's, it's a breach of fiduciary duty. It's really embezzling from from me. Um, even though he had the power of attorney, he had the ability to access that fund, to access those funds, and he could buy himself a boat. He is required by operation of this document to, to do things that he's been given permission to do or that in my best interest. Yes. Certainly not him buying a boat for himself is not in my best interest probably. Um, and so you so you have to consider who it is you might want to make your power of attorney. Yeah, that's very, very important. You, you know, those things are very important. You have to have a level of trust. And, you know, we actually handle both sides of this. We've handled the actually creating of power of attorneys for people, but we've also ha ha had the criminal side of it where somebody maybe have at least been accused of overstepping their bounds of power of attorney. So really important, as Jackie said, that you follow in that ethical kind of understanding that you're there trying to help that person if you're going to be that power of attorney. And when you're looking for a person to be your power of attorney, you want to have somebody that you have some pretty good trust in. The bottom line is in life is when money's involved, some people, even good people, make bad decisions. So you really got to think through that. It's not just a willy-nilly, uh, I'm in a bad shape, I'm going overseas, I need to get somebody really quick. Um, it can really be a bad situation quick. I think a lot of people, too, uh, get confused about when a power of attorney ends. It does not survive death. So if Scott has power of attorney, I've given him power of attorney for me, and then I die, so does his power of attorney. He doesn't then still have authority to use money in the bank account to go do things for the estate. That would be taken care of in a will. And a lot of people get confused about that and think, well, I have power of attorney, then I have it even after death. And, and that, in fact, is, is not the case. And then you're, again, you're in a position where you've committed a crime, potentially, by For exercising sure. authority you don't have. So very careful. A lot of people, you know, a lot of crooks will try to use that as a means. Well, they get the power of attorney while you're living, and then quickly, right after you die, they're running the banks and draining everything they can before um, things get noticed. So that's really important. But so, Jackie, I have a question. So you gave me power of attorney, and then you don't like me. How do you get rid of it? Well, I, I have to my magic first. wand and I say, no more power of attorney, no more power of attorney. No, <laughs> uh, I can revoke it. Okay. And I can re I revoke it in writing. I, can, I mean, I, I suppose I could tear it up in front of your face, but I need to revoke <laughs> it in writing okay. and, and notify you. And then uh, what else should I do, Scott? Well, obviously, if you have institutions that may they may be using it, I would send copies to the institution and say, there's no longer a power of attorney for me, you know, like your bank, anything that you were, especially specific power attorneys that you had it for a specific reason, mm -hmm. you can really narrow into that, make sure everybody, everybody who could be potentially using that power of attorney or being used by them. Well, and, and just to, to be protective of your own affairs, it, even if I knew Scott was using my Bank of America account to buy his boat. But he had access to my Wells Fargo and my Chase and my local credit union as well. I'm, I'm likely going to send the revocation 
to all of those institutions um, just to protect myself. I might even send it to a credit bureau and, and put them on notice. Um, if there were credit applications coming in, I would certainly put a flag on my, my credit bureau uh, status to make sure that, that uh, I was taking extra steps to be cautious. Because once you revoke it, um, the bank, if he was using Bank of America and had been doing so under the law and, and was allowed to do so, they wouldn't know that I'd revoked it exactly. unless I told them. So you want to make sure that if there is a revocation that you notify those that, that may or may not have been used by your power of attorney, but certainly all of the folks that you, all of the institutions you personally do business with. Yeah, I think the other issue too is something you'll run into, we ran into a lot, is some institutions don't want your power of attorney written by Jackie. They want their own little power of attorney. True. And um, I've always found that a bit offensive, to be quite frank, because I don't think they should have the right. If you go to a lawyer and get a power of attorney drafted up, that should be golden anywhere. But a lot of institutions have their own internal rules and make you do that. But the reason I bring that up is twofold. Number one, to let you know that you might want to, for instance, if Jackie's scenario that I'm becoming power of attorney to pay her bills and it's Bank of America, and you go pay Jackie to, or Jackie pay somebody else to draft that, and then it's not good. So one of your initial inquiries should be the institution that you want to use the power of attorney with. Do you accept our power of attorney? And they may say, no, we have a form you have to fill out. Secondarily to that, though, is what Jackie just said. You may have done a power of attorney at some institution for mm -hmm. a very temporary and forgot about it. Try to remember those things and make sure you revoke that in writing with the institution because that could still carry, you know, maybe you did it for, for instance, Jackie may have been pregnant or something recently and had to be in a hospital or something and she gave me power of attorney for that short period of time. The, one of the institutions we did it with, we did a form, for instance. It was Bank of America who needed a form, and she forgot to revoke that. And then six months later, I still remember it's in place, and I go to Bank of America and start withdrawing funds, maybe $2 at a time. And, you know, whatever it is. But or my point is. $200 at a time, right? Yeah. So the point is, you got to really be careful with power of attorneys. You have to be mindful of them. Everywhere you put one in, you better have a copy of it. Be very mindful of it because when the day comes that you don't want that power of attorney anymore, and I think for elderly people, there comes that point where maybe they come under the care of the state or the care of a, you know, a person who's taking care of them. You know, all those things have to be considered. So if you're a family member, well, does she have any power of attorneys out there that we need to revoke now because she's no longer able to care for herself and who's taking care of it? You know, they get the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody who takes care of, um, oh my gosh, what am I? I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just a caregiver, and yeah. or if they go into hospice, or if they're into any, if they just are unable to take care of their own affairs, certainly checking to see if they have outstanding powers of attorney is important. So, our takeaways today: first of all, what is a power of attorney? It's the grant of authority to another person, not an attorney, but to another person uh, to operate for you, stand in your shoes, and to take care of financial affairs for you. Again, that's open a bank account, close a bank account, buy a house, sell a house, file taxes. And many, many other powers are available under a power of attorney. So that's what it is. When do you need one? Well, sometimes you might need one for a young adult who's just going off to college so that you can help them manage their affairs while they're gone. 
It might be just a spouse, one spouse to another. Here you have power of attorney. You have the authority to stand in my shoes and do things, one for the spouse. And then when you're older and when you're doing your, your estate planning documents, when you're doing your will and your power of attorney and your advanced medical directive in the event that you, you become unable to care for your own affairs and you want someone trustworthy to stand in your shoes, that's another time. So there's lots of times in life that a power of attorney could come in handy. Um, and then finally, how does it end? First, it ends when you die. When you die, your power of attorney dies. The person can no longer act on your behalf once you have passed away. It also ends when you revoke it yep. and remove their authority and their power from using the power of attorney. And remember to do that in writing. Everything in writing. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. and We enjoyed this time. Make sure you like and subscribe, and we'll be coming to you soon with another podcast. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What to Do When. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani.